We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to a short and special episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andres Hale, from Blue Wire Studios in the Wind Resort in Las Vegas. While we're recording this, because in real life, I'm on a boat. I'm on vacation. I'm out of here. We had so much boxing. I'm exhausted covering pro wrestling and stuff. Dre's been telling me to take vacations for like seven of the eight years of this podcast. It's been like crack. Like I gave you a hit of crack and you're like, I can't get enough. I'm going on vacations every week. (laughs) Took me all this time to get you to take a break. Now this motherfucker's like, yo, I'm taking a break every week. Every damn week. I'm out of here. But we won't leave you guys high and dry. We're making sure you guys have shows throughout our two week. It's off. And uh, to kind of end August, a quick reset, but we're going to do these fun little mini episodes. So you guys will be getting three of these to kind of be a placeholder and then we'll come back. We'll be rolling right into boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, and it's doing entire hip hop shows a couple of times a month for you guys as well to change it up, get back to the roots of the pod. It's going to be really fun to do all four things that we love on this podcast. That being said, I'm going to explain the general premise of these short episodes and then you guys will get the gist as we roll along. Guys, y'all listening, I'm learning this shit just as (laughs) y'all... Like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yes, so uh, Dre for years have been telling me, yo, you have to watch Ted Lasso. I don't listen to Dre, obviously. You guys listen to this show. I never really take his advice. But now, uh, I binge the entire season of Ted Lasso in a week. There's an actor on there, Brett Goldstein, plays Roy, if you guys... Watch Ted Lasso. He's hilarious. Roy Kent. <laughs> Roy Kent. Uh, I know the entire like chant too. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so he plays Roy Kent on there, but he has a podcast as well. So a couple of weeks ago, um, me, the wife, girlfriend, we're all chilling. And she suggests like, yo, you got to listen to his podcast. It's called Movies to be Buried With. And I was like, all right, dope. I'm going to check it out. I look at the little promo picture. Roy fucking Kent. Like listening to this, he's nothing like that in real life. He's no. the nicest guy, but the premise of his podcast, movies to be uh, or films to be buried with, is that he brings different actors on the show and he asks them the same series of questions. Every different actor has different answers, obviously. And at the end, 
There's a scenario where he kills them off every show. He makes up a funny scenario. He's poisoned several. One has fallen off of a cliff. It's hilarious. But he goes through a funny little like monologue of how they died. And then he asks them, okay, I'm coming to your funeral. And I can put one movie in your casket for when you get to heaven, you can share with everyone. The crux of this final question is you don't want to bring something someone before you has already brought. So my wife's out favorite movie is uh, Pretty Woman. There makes no sense to bring Pretty Woman with you. It's probably already up there. So you have to find something very unique to you that you would want in your casket to bring to heaven. We're going to flip this concept. Shout out to uh, Brett Goldstein again for combat sports and everything that relates to our show. So all these mini episodes are going to be themed blank. We want to be buried with this one is fights. We want to be buried with. We're starting with boxing MMA. We're combining it into one. So it's going to make it a lot tougher. Fights we want to be buried with. There's a series of questions. And then at the end, I will ask, what fight would you put in your casket? I'm not going to kill you. But theoretically, when you die a, a peaceful death, what do you want to, <laughs> what do, you want to go okay. into the casket? First question, though. And again, series of questions we're going to go through before we get to the final one. What was the first ever fight you saw or remember seeing? Oh, shit. Yes. Uh, mine and... I, I can go back. Obviously, it wasn't MMA. It was boxing. Mm -hmm. And the first fight I remember seeing was Mike Tyson in 1993, I want to say. It's the first. I don't even know the exact. It was his first fight after prison. It was the first Mike Tyson fight or the first fight I remember seeing because my grandma had the crazy boxes, we called it. The joint with the button in the back and everyone would come over. And uh, Statue of Limitations on Arrest Grandma. Everyone would come over because the pay-per-view was free. And we watched Mike Tyson's first fight back from prison. And everyone was hyped. And we had food and everything was going crazy. I was a little-ass kid running around. All the kids were running around. We were like, oh, the Mike Tyson fight. And we stopped. And the fight had to have been a minute and 30 seconds. It was horrific. It was quick. And I was like, everyone came over. People fucking chilling. It's 5 p.m. It's like... It's East Coast time. So like 10, 30, 11 p.m. And that shit was over in a minute. Great. And all the old people were drunk and yelling and pissed off. And they're like, thank God we didn't buy this fucking fight. And maybe my grandma charged people like $10 like to come over. So they were mad they were out of $10. But they, I don't know how much pay-per-views were. They, they didn't have to spend 30. But they were drunk and upset at Tyson. And then that's when the turn happened where people wanted to see him even more so go against Holyfield, go against someone. Because they really just wanted his ass whooped. I don't, you know, I remember who fought in the first fight I ever watched. Yep. I don't remember who he fought. Ray Mancini. Ray Boo Boo Mancini. Because, uh, again, as people listen to the show, my grandmother's Italian. Makes so, sense. you know, my auntie lived in Bensonhurst and I lived, I lived in Far Rockaway. And we had met the whole family, the mafia family in Brooklyn. And we watched Boo Boo Mancini. I think I was six years old. And I remember... I just remember everybody going boom, boom. And I was like, what is fucking going as a kid? I'm six. Like, I want to watch Transformers. I don't want to watch this shit. But I was like stuck glued to the TV and my tooth was loose. I'll never forget this shit. Uh, tooth was loose. This is how you know we had a mafia family, like on that side, because my aunt's brother, which I guess would make him my uncle, his name was Johnny Boy. 
<laughs> he definitely did some shit down at the docks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He overdosed own. in the bathroom on this particular day, and his nose was like he overdosed. I was a kid; I didn't know what happened. I opened the door. He he, damn, I'm giving a lot of information on the show. <laughs> he was he was in the bathroom, and he had fell down uh, face first in a pool of his own blood coming out of his nose, and his ass was in the air. And they were like, "Ah, you did the cocaine again." And I'm a kid; I have no idea what's going on. It was at this particular fight. And part. prior to that, he was trying to chase me around the house to pull my tooth out because he was like, let me get that tooth. He was like 6'2", and he had like big ass hands and I didn't want him touching my mouth. He was like, I'm going to wrap a string around it. And then Boom Boom started fighting, so that distracted him. And then he was, I guess he wanted to go get high in the middle of the fight. So he went to the bathroom, he overdosed, and that was that. But from that point, I was like, well, I guess everybody likes boxing, so I'm going to start watching boxing. So this great Boom Boom Man CD. Yeah, I have no idea who he was fighting. <laughs> uh, wow. So, I mean, uh, is your uncle still alive? Hell no, no, no he's no. dead than a motherfucker. Okay, he didn't die that night. Not that night. Okay, okay. He I don't know when he did. Okay, when he died after that. But, but he, he, yeah. that was, okay. Yeah. He lived past this night. To this day, I don't know what his last name was. We just called him Johnny Boy. <laughs> That's some real shit. Uh, the fight I watched, which is crazy because I was seven, and I know I watched boxing before this, but the one I remember was Tyson Peter McNeely. Oh my God. Yep. One minute, 30 seconds. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Uh, Fresh out of prison. Off. Fresh out of prison. And then next one, and this is tough to kind of veer towards it being a fight, but it's a good question. What was the first fight or maybe only fight that made you emotional? Tyson Buster Douglas. 100%. Cried when Tyson lost? I didn't cry. I mean, you were like angry? I was was in this fog of disbelief. I think I've told you, I've said it real quick. I was playing River City Ransom on Nintendo. And my pops came in the room and was like, Tyson's fighting. It was early morning because the fight was Japan. And it was like, Tyson's fighting. And I was in the middle of the game. Remember, Nintendo games, you couldn't save the game. If you turned oh, it off, yeah. it was a wrap. And I didn't want to pause it because my Nintendo had this nasty habit of resetting itself. So I was like, nah, it's going to be over in a few minutes. I was like, just tell me what happens. We had the black box, so he's, he's watching it. He comes back in round three. Fight's still going. You want to come watch it? Nah. I, you know, nah, I'm playing River City Ransom Pop. Like, Tyson's going to kill this guy. Buster Douglas. He sounds like a sucker. Uh, Tyson gets the knockdown late. Pops runs in there. He knocked Buster Douglas down. I was like, knock him out? And he was like, Buster got up. You going to come watch it? I finally put down my controller. I said, like, fuck it. I'm going to come in here and watch this fight. Because what the fuck is Mike Tyson doing fighting well into like the sixth round? <laughs> it makes no sense. So I walk in as Buster is unloading on Tyson and hits him with that uppercut where Pez dispenser head and then nails him with his two shots. He went down. And as a kid, it's just like it was like watching Superman get smoked, like in the worst way. So I was like, my mouth was open. You know, there was no cell phones, no Twitter. I was just it's just me and my feelings. And I was like, I can't believe it. So, yeah, Tyson Buster Douglas, because I felt like a superhero. I died that day. For the record, Buster Douglas got a 15 count. The round, round before. Man, Tyson should have won that damn you know, fight. Don King su- tried to shoot the commission. <laughs> he should he have won. And in the courthouse, they, he was counting with the referee. And he was like, it's got to... I can't remember the number that Don said he got to. It was so fucking it ridiculous. It got at least V15. I'm yeah. not even joking. That's the longest count in boxing history. Mine and mine, I honestly... So when I was younger, even probably until I was like 15 or 16, if I got really mad, I would cry. Like it just... It is what it is. So this fight probably made me cry. And I distinctly remember wanting to fight someone on my block in New York um, when this happened. And it is Bernard Hopkins 
Mind you, as a Puerto Rico, I wear my Puerto Rico shirt today. Tito has beat to this point Pernell Whitaker. He has beat Oscar De La Hoya. Yes. He has beat and stopped Fernando Vargas. This motherfucker is the top of the world. Yes. Tito, Tito. And because in New York, like, everybody knows I'm Puerto Rican. Like, even though I'm dark skinned, blah, blah, I'm Puerto Rican. I grew up around a bunch of Jamaicans, black people. So it was natural to pick on me and pick the black guy. Like, to just fuck with me. <laughs> so I was like, no way Bernard's going to. And I think Bernard was just like heating back up. Like, this, like no, Bernard no, had, this he was, was, he was, this was middleweight Bernard and like in his stretch run, but people weren't really paying him I, attention. Yeah. Like, and I was like, okay, like he's good, but it's fucking Tito. Yeah. Like, what am Tito was going to beat his ass. Boy. This when is when he stops him in the 12th. Well, you have to go back because you had to watch it. Bernard takes the Puerto Rican flag and throws it on the ground and then runs out the yo, building. I was like, they're going to kill him. Yo. So when I say when this motherfucker won and they were like heckling me. <laughs> nah, like and, and to the point where my grandma was just going to let me scrap. Like, yo, fuck it. Go outside. Like, you got to so, do whatever. A Puerto Rican's going to win tonight. Yo, so, <laughs> like, yo, you do whatever you want. It was that level wow. of pissed offedness. Uh, and then Tito was never the same. Nope, nope. He fought three times the next. He fought five Roy Jones. Years. I went to that fight. Yeah, but the next five years, he fought three times. Oh yeah, no. Bernard ruined his life. Yeah, he lost to Winky in a decision. And then Roy beat. Like he was just never the same. One night, yep. top of the world. One night, gone. Yep. I said, "Fuck, man." So yeah, that that's one that made me emotional. Um, what fight is terrible, but you love it? Terrible, but I love it. Yeah. When you say terrible, what do you mean? So. Stylistically, not pretty. It's kind of oh. a shit show of a fight, but you really, really love this. And not, I mean, it could be on some butterbean type shit, but like just a fight that's not classically great. But you're like, you know what? That's my shit. It's either Stephen Bonner, Forrest Griffin. <laughs> that or- just it, that aged poorly. People love that fight. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Like you watch this fight and you're like, what the? F-? These look like two drunks fighting yeah. in, a, in a sanctioned fight. Yeah, no style. So it's either that fight or it's, and this is this sounds strange, pick a Ricardo Mayorga fight. Just pick one. Or you just throw it. This motherfucker smoking cigarettes. I'll probably go with Ricardo Mayorga versus Oscar De La Hoya because there was a time because Ricardo Mayorga no-sold punches, which in my head was pro wrestling. And I was like, well, that shit works, right? <laughs> and he tried to no-sell that shit against Oscar, and then Oscar just fucked him up. So it might, it might be that one, but I'm going to go, I'll go Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner, just because it was a sloppy-ass fight that everybody watched. Mine, mine, mine is tough, but I, I do love it. And I watched this fight several times still. And it's, it's only terrible because the man was a shell of himself at that point. But Oscar De La Hoya versus Julio Cesar Chavez. Two. Oh, the second one after the cut was stopped in the first fight. Yeah, okay. It's one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> I just, I love the atmosphere of the fight. I watch it, but De La Hoya wasn't overly good because it didn't look like he wanted to beat the shit out of this old man that he kind of really loved. And then the old man was really trying, but it was very apparent that he doesn't have anymore. It was very sad. Like if you, yeah. if you watch that through like a lens of knowing who he was, it's the young up and comer Mexican fighter who's like the pretty boy and everyone's kind of hating now because he's well, not like not a, a real Mexican, Mexican yeah. beating the shit out of the real Mexican. Yes. Like, and it's just, 
it's the worst way you can watch your hero like go out. <laughs> like it's it's just sad. And it's a terrible, it's just stylistically not a good fight. It, it didn't live up to the height of the passing of the torch or anything like that. No. But I love it. Like I watch that shit twice a year. Wow. Just just on the back end. So that's if I had to pick a fight, that would be it. Um, what is a fight you once loved watching, but recently realized it's not that good? Fight that I once loved. Watching. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Anderson Silva versus Chael Son. Hmm. Where he wraps him in the triangle. Yeah. I always had this idea of it's a great Anderson Silva win, the triangle, him winning. That fight was boring as shit. He got nothing on Chael. Chael won rounds off of boredom and wrestling skill, but it was laying pro. Oh, Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner. <laughs> you really hate this fight. <laughs> I love to hate it. Because <laughs> every time I watch it, I'm like, yo, this sucks, but it's amazing. Like, bad fights end up being good fights because they're so sloppy and bad that you're like, this this sucks. So, yeah, for, it, it, it's on my list twice. One, two different ones. Yeah. All right, at least you didn't say like some... Like an Ali fight. Yo, people nah. pick Ali fight. You just fucking throw something at them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, this next one, what is the fight that means the most to you? Um, not because of the fight itself, but because of the memories you have of it. Corrales Castillo. Oh. Because, I mean, that fight itself. Yeah, would. but it was like the day that I was certain I was going to start covering boxing. Like, I loved boxing. And I watched like a ton of fights. But the, what I felt, one, I'm watching this fight. And I'll never forget looking at the crowd and there was like nobody there. It was empty seats. And I really wanted to see this fight. And I thought it was going to be good. Then the fight's happening. And I'm like, I've never seen, like they beat the shit out of each other. 
every moment, every there was not a slow minute in that. This is my favorite fight ever. Like me personally, because yeah. I watched it live and I'll never forget that feeling when Corrales gets up and Joe Goose like, be a get ready on me, motherfucker. <laughs> and Corrales goes back and he spits out the mouthpiece and, and knocks him out. Like that was a moment that I was like, these stories got to be told better as a writer. So it's, it's definitely Corrales Castillo because I was like, why, why is there nobody here? How does this happen? <laughs> and I remember reading and I was like, it was Hey Raphael bunch of white names, white name, white name, white name. I was like, this is all these white guys right by these two minorities fighting? I don't like this. I'm going to start covering boxing. That was the day. That was the fight. Um, mine, it's on my favorite fight card ever. Roy McDonald, Robbie Lawler Oof. is the fight. One, because we were there. Yeah. I just looked at my credential the other day. We're, me and you, third yep. row. Yep. And being cage side for that fight and the war that it was for the title and just knowing going to that fifth round where Rory or excuse me, um, Robbie has a split lip. He just blows the blood everywhere. And Rory has a smashed nose, but he doesn't give a fuck. He's just like a robot. And you just stand there. The emotions of that fight. And I know it's about Connor and he wins the interim title and Sinead O'Connor and yeah, everything sure. like for, this fight is probably my favorite MMA fight ever because being there, the atmosphere, what they gave, both guys ended up winning some more and going and doing all this. They left so much of themselves in, in yeah. that octagon that night. It's yeah, that's, that's the fight where it's just like, man, that fight means a lot to me. It's one of my favorite fights of any type ever. Um, which fight do you rewatch the most? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Fuck. Which fight? Do I've I watched Corrales Castillo a lot. <laughs> like I've watched that fight a lot, but I've watched Ali Frazier one, two, and three a lot as well. Um, yeah, that is tough fight that I. It's hard because because what what qualifies a fight? I've watched Conor Aldo a lot, but it's thirteen seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's like, also true. So that it allows me to watch it a ton, right? It's, um, it's weird because when you start covering boxing, you're just on to the next one. You don't have yeah. a lot of time to go back. Strangely enough, I think I've watched Spence Crawford three times already. It's, that's a lot for sticks, a current fight. It sticks with me. If you ask me this question like a few years from now, that performance is going to stick with me in ways that other fights will never do. Um, depending especially on what Crawford does next. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Corrales Castillo because I feel like I've watched it a lot. The only other fight that I know I've watched a lot is Pacquiao Marquez Ford. I still cannot fucking believe. First fight I ever covered. Like, I still can't believe what <laughs> happened in that fight. It's... I thought Manny was going for the kill. Everybody did. Like, he got knocked down, and everybody was like, oh, shit. Like, there was a lot of... That was one of those fights because everything happened so fast. Yep. And usually you're like, oh, it's going to be another 12-round decision. It's going to be a close fight. And Marquez comes in with the jacked-up acne back. Yep. And just, yeah. Try to murder the man. And yeah. you think Pacquiao died. His wife is, like, fucking going crazy. His mom's yeah. doing a million prayers. The, it's, that was wild. The fight I watched most, now it, it clicked. And I watch it because I maintain that he was robbed. Pernell Whitaker, Oscar De La Hoya. Sweep, he won that fight. I watch that fight a lot because I'm trying to make sure my eyes aren't lying to me. So I watch it like once, or, like probably two or three times a year, front to back. And understand Sweep, he a lot of the time wasn't as, he wasn't as active as Oscar. But Oscar was swinging at air half the time. Yeah. And they gave him rounds for swinging at air. So, yeah, that's the fight I've I probably rewatched the most. 
And then which fight is objectively the greatest ever? Boxing. Ernest Hagler. Such a quick fight, though. I know, but good God. Like, as we talk about Spence and Crawford and what it meant, like Hagler Hearns, like you knew it was going to be big, right? And no, I didn't watch it in real time. I was too young to understand exactly what was going on. But every time I watched that fight, I was like, there was no feeling out period. There was no, hey, let me see what you're doing. Like Tommy and Marvin just was like, fuck this and just went after each other. Could have picked Corrales again. Too. <laughs> I could have. Which is crazy. I just, could have. I could, absolutely could have. But no, yeah. I could have. The stakes but though. And- the stakes were high. The crowd was on fire. And then knowing who Hagler was and knowing what Hearns was and knowing what they both had had on the line for this fight, knowing what they had to give, and them just going, fuck it. The whole fight, it was like every round was just like, fuck it. Yeah. I don't think the corners, I don't, womp, womp, womp. Like, they didn't listen to shit. They just went balls to the wall. It's the one fight other than Kraus Castillo that you could show a non, a person who's never watched boxing, and then they're like, oh, is this every fight like this? You're like, yeah. no. <laughs> like, not even close. Yeah, um, Mine, if I had to go, and again, the stakes make it so high. Um, Leonard Duran to no Moss. It's just Wait. so iconic. Losing, coming back off of that, changing up your entire style, beating a guy who is just at this point feeling unbeatable, yeah. indestructible, and having him just wave off, turn his back, and no Moss, and the call of after Duran quits is so iconic that that's to me objectively it's the greatest fight ever and it's weird not saying like Ali Frazier or even Ali Frazier 3 like Ali Frazier 3 I've watched so many I've watched that fight a lot because it's like dude it's a fucking war of attrition these guys are dying in the 13th round dying Ali Foreman is up there yeah. Because who the fuck thought Ali was going to be for? I've always loved when Ali beat the shit out of Floyd Pat- Patterson. Telling him, What's my name? Like, <laughs> yo, like, oh, it's one of my favorite moments in boxing. I was like, as a kid, I was like, he's 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 talking shit. Mid He's asking, telling him like, hey, how dare you call me Cassius? I'm going to fuck you up. What's my name? No, there were a lot of fights like that. But yeah, Hagler Hearns, like the war. And then last one, we die a, a pleasant death. Long life. A lot more gray in the beards. And... And the same thing, one fight can go with you in the casket, but everyone who has died before you has already brought a fight. So you don't want to double up. You'll be wasting your one opportunity to bring something new to everyone in heaven to watch. What is your... It's Corrales Castillo. Someone already has that. It's Corrales Castillo. I don't care. No, you're just going to double up. (laughs) Too bad. There's no popping the VHS tape. Like, (laughs) What do you want me to do? I don't know who has it. Somebody got it. You got to find a fight that is somewhat of oh a deep God. cut to you that you are bringing and sharing with the world uh, or everyone in heaven of a fight where you're like, you know what? I'm bringing this. And for me, it's, I mean, it's probably a newer one because everyone has like the old OG ones, but I'm bringing Fury Wilder three. Oh, that's a damn good choice. Four knockdowns. How do you know nobody has that one? It's recent. Like, so someone must have just died. Like, if you beat me to that, you fuck? just beat me to that shit. You had two years to die and take this with. But I'm just playing the odds. Yeah, I don't know what you're playing. I'm playing the I'm odds. T- they got two I'm years. I'm taking Corrales Castillo, and I'm just going to bank that nobody else took it. <laughs> okay. God damn it. In, in 40 years. No one. You're going to pick that. Arguably years. one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. You don't think it anybody. just that- have it. 
A lot of people have died since then. <laughs> sure. A lot of well, boxing fans have croaked. You want to take Crawford, Spence, and just hope no one? Like, I don't know. Nah, man. Like, yeah, no, I'm taking, I'm taking that heavyweight. I mean, four knockdowns. I mean, it's an incredible Tyson fight. Fury got up. The shit's crazy. It, it is an incredible, it's an incredible fight. But you can't and see that. And I was ringside. I could point. You motherfuckers see this? That's me. Me in the land of the living. I'm right there. Wilder almost falls into my lap. Yeah, I got his blood on me. Like it's it's one of those things. I'm I'm in I'm in heaven. Like you guys see this. Like, if there was a fight that I would take that probably somebody else didn't take, it would be the first fight I've covered, which would be Mayweather Hatton, just because of the oh, atmosphere. Because you got to battle a bunch. Of, well, you got to battle no Brits. No Brits. No, because that. they all cried that yeah, night. They all cried. They all cried, <laughs> they all cried <laughs> into their their pints that night. Yeah. But that that fight, it isn't even like a great. Like all action fight, but like Hatton wouldn't stop coming and Mayweather countered him to hell, but it's just that atmosphere. To this day, I'm still like, hopefully someone brings Hatton Pacquiao and you can run it back to back. And he just dies on the Rockstar logo. Man, Ricky Hatton would try to kick my ass in heaven <laughs> if you found out I brought both of those fights. <laughs> like, hey guys, what fights? <laughs> Me twice? <laughs> back to back. Is Pacquiao killing Hatton and leaving him on the Rockstar star in the middle oh, of the ring? Oh my God. And it's how his arm falls very slowly <laughs> to his side. Jesus. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's great. Man, we appreciate you all for listening to this quick mini episode of The Corner. Um, again, I want to shout out Brett Goldstein and his amazing, amazing podcast, Films to Be Buried With. That's the inspiration of these mini shows. So hopefully you guys like this. It's really dope. When we get back from vacation, we have so much more content. Thank you, everyone, Blue Eye Studios, for entertaining this and making sure we can record these episodes well in advance so we could take two weeks off, a well-deserved two weeks Especially for me, I'm in Jamaica right now, chilling. So uh, we appreciate you all. Follow us on social media and wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Till next time, for myself, for the old man Andres Hell, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.